In our discussion of we've been talking about uh, sitting down on a bread meal and still possibly requiring uh, brachot on other foods at that meal. We're going to make a push here to get to a decent stop because I think, God willing, Sunday we'll learn about some of the halachot of uh, the three weeks and nine days, Tishabav, so on and so forth. So let's make a push here. So it says, So he says, If you specifically have fruit that is meant to be consumed with the bread, and we spoke about a case like this a couple nights ago, specifically meant to be eaten with the bread, so then we would treat it as though it is a meal-type food, and therefore it would not demand its own racha. Uh, since they were brought out as meal-type foods, so in theory, you wouldn't have to make a bracha before or after them, even if you're not eating them with the bread, because they've been elevated to a meal-type food. However, he says, some argue, so he says it's better, even though it was brought to the table uh, for the purpose of being consumed with the bread, and you don't necessarily want to do so, it's best, if you don't want to have to make your own bracha, to eat a little bit with the bread. At that point, they would not require any bracha. The Ramah here adds, and he says, even though we mentioned a couple nights ago, maybe you should eat not only in the beginning of the meal, but also at some point later in the meal. Uh, here, you wouldn't necessarily have to do that because it was specifically brought out to have the meal on this fruit, right? If, uh, if it wasn't necessarily meant uh, to have the meal with this fruit, so then we would tell you you need to have it both the beginning and the end. But here, this was meant to be part of the meal, or specifically the meal, I should say, so therefore you wouldn't need it. Next, Next, in a situation where the fruit was brought to the table in order to be consumed with the bread, even if uh, at the time you made hamotzi, you didn't know about the fruit, right? Uh, yet, let's say you're a guest at the table, right? Or you didn't see the fruit. Still, once they're brought out to the table, if they're brought out for that purpose, you would be covered in that situation and bracha would not be necessary. Last but not least, uh, if you're in a situation where you uh, sit down at a meal and then they bring you food from someone else's house, right? Not necessarily fruit. They bring you any food from someone else's house and you didn't know that that food was coming. So, even if it's a meal type food that they bring, right? Uh, they uh, bring you a hamburger, right? Uh, which we would consider a meal type food. It wouldn't demand its own bracha. Since you didn't know that that food was coming and it's from a different house, you would say in that situation, you would need uh, a bracha before you would go ahead and eat it. You would not need a bracha, just a bracha rishonah. However, the Ramah argues, he says, It says, We, Ashkenazi, uh, we haven't seen anyone who's too careful about that, and we don't make a separate racha. Perhaps the reason is because because we have in mind when we sit down on a meal, whatever food could possibly come my way during this meal. I'm having it in mind now, and therefore it's going to be covered. So again, it'll cover meal-type foods. If they bring non-meal-type foods, so then we would have to fall back on these different rules. Well, what's the status? Does it need a bracha rishana, bracha achrana, so on and so forth? But certainly a meal-type food would not require it, and then all the other stuff would fall back on the regular halachot. So a different machloket there between the Ashkenazim and the Sephardim. Rabbi Hanani Ben Kashmir, Tzakadosh Baruch